Duct Tape Marketing Podcast is brought to you by Fairfield Inn & Suites by Marriott. Right now, they're giving away $20,000 in the Small Business Road to Success Challenge. Visit fairfieldchallenge.com to submit your small business today. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Duct Tape Marketing Podcast. This is your host, John Jantz, and my guest today is Sarah Petty. She has a is the founder and CEO of a firm called The Joy of Marketing, which teaches organizations how to create what we're going to talk about today, a boutique business by focusing on building a brand and strong relationships instead of relying on price discounts to create sales. And uh, prior to starting The Joy of Marketing, she actually started her own boutique photography business. And so I'm sure we'll visit that as well. So Sarah, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, John. So, you know, I have to get this out first. Um, what's, what is a boutique business, and isn't it just the same as building a strong brand? Well, not necessarily. Okay. A boutique business is more focused in its nature. So a lot of the principles for a boutique business obviously cross over to all good marketing. You know, you need to have that special thoughts, you know, that's really going to keep you different than everyone else and a lot of those things. But with a boutique business, it's even much more so. So very focused product mix. So like you go into a boutique clothing store, just as an example, they're not going to have every different kind of clothing for every different size of person and kind of person. They're focused on one very specific thing. And that translates into other businesses too, whether you're a boutique dentist, you know, dental practice, or in my case, a boutique photography studio where we're very focused in our nature. Um, a lot of times in the boutique type of business model, you have a lot of contact with the owner. I think that's what makes it very specific. You know, you go to your favorite little boutique deli and where do you, where is the owner? He's typically, you know, either overseeing the food or making the food and making sure it's of the very highest quality. He's at, so, the, he's at the meat slicer. Exactly, and he's inspecting <laughs> the meat coming in. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> exactly. So, I mean, a little bit of what I hear in, in, in that is that it's, it's, all, you know, it's a strategic decision, like the, that how you're going to make all of your decisions are like, is this, you know, is this our boutique, you know, way? Is that, I mean, kind of it? Yeah, in our company, obviously being called the joy of marketing, we kind of call it the joy filter. You know, we look at things and we decide, okay, is this consistent with our business model and what we're trying to accomplish? So, for example, if the shopper, you know, the free newspaper that has mm -hmm. all the discounts and sales, if they called me up and said, Sarah, you know, we just want to give you a full-page ad today, and it didn't even cost me anything, well, that would not be in my best interest for how I've built my business and everything I've done to create that business model and that brand. So we have to put every single decision we make through that sort of that joy filter. Yeah. Cause your customers wouldn't expect to see you there. And I think expectations have a lot to do with this kind of business, don't they? It does. And, and that creating of conflict, yeah. you can't give different messages, all these different places and hope that people engage with your brand. Right. Well, so um, one of the challenges I think a lot of business owners, and this is whether you're doing a brand or a boutique, you know, approach like we're talking about today is it's, it's sometimes simple for the owner to go, yeah, this is what we want to stand for. And this is what I think is cool. And what I think our customers will think cool. 
but at the end of the day, they're 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 employees that they hire. Some of whom you know are hard to find and you know out there in the world uh, deliver on that boutique culture. So you know, how do you create? I mean, it seems to me like you'd have to go about creating that culture internally before the the customer is going to experience it. Oh gosh, absolutely! And even before you get employees, every every element in the marketing mix has to reflect that so that when you do get an employee, you can explain, this is how everything needs to be packaged and this is why it's important. This is why, you know, they're the ones answering questions about price. Well, this is why we charge what we charge. And, you know, this is why we don't offer all of the average products or, you know, the products that everyone else offers because this is our commitment and this is what we do differently. And if the employees aren't on board with that, and I don't even like the word employee, really. (laughs) I always call my employees, you know, they're teammates. I mean, we are a team and we work together on this. So it's not like, you know, I'm here telling them what to do. I mean, we all experience this together and we plan together. And I really include them in everything we do because they have to be a big part of that customer experience. The, um, while it's not necessarily said directly, I think it's pretty heavily implied that uh, a boutique business is certainly not the low price leader. Definitely. That's one of the things we always talk about is that four-letter word that's killing business, S-A-L-E. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it, that's that's a, a small business owner's first knee-jerk reaction. You know, they, they're busy working on their business or working in their business, I should say, and cooking or doing whatever they do, and they look up and the phone isn't ringing, so they panic and they have that half-off sale. And, you know, you know it devalues your brand and it teaches your good clients to wait for a sale and it, it attracts the more price-sensitive buyer. And, you know, people are always saying, well, what about in this economy? You know, people want a discount or, or whatever. Well, I agree with that to a point. People want the value for their money. So they're not necessarily looking for less. We like to help small businesses give more. So value added incentives, for example, instead of discounting. So, you know, like Clinique at the makeup counter does that well. Twice a year they have their bonus days. Well, you're probably not a big makeup consumer, (laughs) but if you were, um, you go in and you spend like 30, 40 bucks and you get this goody little bag of samples and free things. So they train you to come in and they're, that, that you're going to be rewarded instead of always focusing on price. Right. Well, and, and I think that um, certainly my impression of, you know, what we're calling a boutique business is it's certainly the product has to be there. It has to be something I think is unique or that I can't just get anywhere. But but it seems like the, the businesses that, that really thrive in this type of setting are the ones that also give me a really great experience. I mean, I like going there. I like the people. I like that I, I like that they know my name. I like that they have my water waiting for me or my tea or whatever it is that, that they know about me. Um, and, and I think that that's the part that is probably harder to deliver. But I think if you do, price really goes out the window. Absolutely. And when you are a boutique business, you know your customers by name and you know their buying habits and you know their family. Maybe you've been to their house. So, you know, why would you want to have to compete with the Walmarts and Targets and all these big stores that are focusing on price? They can't possibly do that. So we have relationships 
that will help us create more products for our really best clients than always having to focus on attracting new clients, attracting new clients, attracting new clients. It's like that cheer song, isn't it? You know, you want to go where everybody knows your name. Right, right, right. And, yeah. and that's true about a boutique business. I mean, I'm six feet tall, and we have a boutique clothing store in my town that when they get in pants that are like unhemmed or four people try them on and say, God, these are made for a giant, you know, they call me. <laughs> And they say, Sarah, you know, we have some pants. I mean, what, what, do I care what those pants cost? If they will, if they're long enough, heck no. Yeah. You know, so those are the kind of things that we can do by having those really great relationships with our clients. So do you naturally in this environment narrow kind of who, you know, who you're trying to attract as a customer? This halftime break is brought to you by Constant Contact. Constant Contact helps small businesses and nonprofits build great customer relationships with email marketing, event marketing, and online surveys. Visit them today at constantcontact.com and sign up for your free 60-day trial. Well, definitely, but it's not all based, in my mind, on you know, the wealthy. Mm -hmm. I always hate that saying, you know, well, we target upscale consumers. Right. Because I used to be in an ad agency, you know, I worked as a marketing director there, and people would always come in and say that, you know, we're looking for the upscale buyer. Yeah, <laughs> right. And really, I don't find that to be the coefficient that ties everyone together. It's, there are people that are, you know, I wouldn't call necessarily wealthy, but they, it's their priority to have certain things whether it's jewelry or, you know, photography or whatever it is. So it's consumers that love what you have. And if you engage them in the process, then they will love you and you will have that relationship. And like you talk about in the referral engine, you know, they will bring referrals to you. Right. Well, no, in fact, I, I, I wasn't even headed towards uh, a certain um – you know, money demographic even as much. I mean, there are there are very upscale, um, hip, you know, resale clothing stores. You know that uh, that people who you know want to go out and find that kind of one funky thing, and they know that the person at that store has great taste in terms of identifying you know what what's really retro, um, even though it might be eight dollars uh, when they right. buy it. I mean, I think that that's that's what I mean by kind of sort of narrowly targeting people who get that or want that. And I, and I think that's a, you know, that, that sometimes is a, is a skill that's hard for people to, to get their head around. So you mean being okay with everybody's not going to be your client? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I, that's very hard yeah. for business owners because I know when I started my photography studio, I wanted to say yes to everybody. Right. And then I soon realized, you know, when I have to leave my family on a Thursday night to go shoot some event that I don't even want to be at, you know, that is not, that is not fun for me. That is, I can't be creative there, yeah. but I mean, they pay you, but, but still. So I realized that really quickly that, okay, this, I don't want to do this kind of work, you know, and, and this isn't the kind of client I'm looking for because that's not what I do. And I do think that's really hard for businesses to be okay with, you know, look, this is what we do. If you're looking for, you know, wallets in a big giant bin of wallets, I would go to Target or Pennies or somewhere and do that for your family you know, but come to us for this certain type of photography. Yeah. Well, so um, I know in, 
certainly in in your business because you're you you kind of have this background in a visual uh, business of photography that uh, the the visual elements of the brand really play an important role and I think can can do a lot in terms of of setting a business apart uh, how do you how do you suggest that people really kind of look at those little things uh, that that can make a difference yeah that stuff's really 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 important to me from the paper that my promotional pieces are printed on to every little bell and whistle that I can add. And you've, you've seen our marketing and promotional mm-hmm, pieces. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we start with, when we're working with people, and we've, you know, you've done this too, I'm sure, for many years, but we sit down with them, and whether they're brand new or they're in business, and we will lay out all their marketing and promotional pieces, and we see so much conflict. Mm-hmm. You know, like they saw something cool one day that was bright colors, and one day that was neutral colors. And that's where I find the most just conflict that people are putting out to consumers is they don't have, you know, that, that one logo that they're using and they don't have a color palette and they don't have a look and feel for their identity. Mm-hmm. You know, that identity is so, is so important to get those consistent elements. And then I always look at the brand as how people feel about you. So your identity is what you look like. And then your brand is how people feel about you. Well, they can't say, oh my gosh, I went to John's Deli and it was beautiful. The napkins, everything was beautiful. And they tell all their friends and rave about you if, if every day they go in and it's different and yeah. not different in a creative way, but different in, an, in, an, in a bad way, yeah, <laughs> you know, in an unplanned in a confusing way. confusing way, right? Yeah. yeah, in a confusing way. So, you know, I think businesses need to sit down and look at what they're doing to create conflict. Because you want consistency, you want to know that when you send a friend there, they're going to have that same great experience as you are. And so I see so much, so many small businesses doing that where they're trying to be too many things because they don't have their arms around kind of who they are. Now, when I listen so far, what we've talked about, you know, the visual elements, um, certainly paper, things tactile, things you can touch, um, the the owner being on site, you know, all of all of those types of things. I mean, those all are very, you know, in person, high touch, you know, businesses. What, you know, we're turning so much online now um, and doing things in a much more you know high tech manner. Can you have a high tech boutique business, a business that maybe doesn't have that much actual face to face contact? Boy, that's a tough one. I think you can. Um, I think if you are communicating with your clients and you're just exceeding their expectations in every way, shape, and form, and you're delivering products and services that no one else can deliver, it's still that same business model. It's still not something people can get other places. Mm-hmm. And if I were in that type of business, I would look for ways to make it a higher touch. Yeah. Um, you know, so that you can have that, that whether it's, you know, iChat <laughs> right. might not be literally face-to-face, but with technology, you can be face-to-face without being face-to-face. So I would look for ways to do that. Um, and, and, you know, there are other things that, that are consistent no matter what type of business, things like creating loyalty and, and gifting your best clients, mm-hmm. you know, reaching out and doing, identifying those most lucrative 20% of your clients and doing extra special things for them. And we're, we're big believers in that. So if you, you know, in a in, in low-touch industry like that where you identify the most important clients, maybe those are ones that you visit face-to-face to solidify that relationship. Okay, let me throw another challenge uh, okay. a- at you. Um, 
you know, you already talked at the very beginning about it being very personal and about the owner. Well, what if, what if I start this business and I love it and it takes off and people love it and I really want to grow it and to grow it, it needs to outgrow me as the face of, of the business or, or perhaps I want to back off enough so that I can have this thing that I could sell that, that isn't just about me. Can you do that in a boutique environment? Yes. And I think that's where some good marketing strategy comes in. You know, if you know that up front, you might not choose a name like John Jance's Deli, you know, where they come in looking for you um, and and looking at a name that is expandable, that can run without you. And I think that growing in a way where you're training people to do every single thing you want them to do. So obviously creating systems and processes that can, can grow, you know, if you want a franchise, you want to have two or three locations, um, but still paying attention to all of those little things and having someone that knows that those little things are important, like the logo consistency from location to location, you know, little things like PMS colors, those were created for a reason, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so, so everybody using the same, the same font family and the same consistent things and the same, giving the customers the same experience. So, you know, cross training employees from different locations and things like that. So that can definitely be done, but it has to be a conscious decision to make sure that that happens. Yeah. So you, um, you work with small businesses that focus on, or that, that want to focus on this and you have several, you want to talk about a couple of the avenues that you have. I I know people can just out and out hire you, but you also have that cafe joy, which, which is kind of more the, the monthly, uh, juice bar stop, right? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's a monthly jolt of marketing caffeine is what we call it. Because we find a lot of people go to maybe a conference or convention and they shove their mind full of all these ideas and they go back and we know how it is running a business. You get back into it and you're like, okay, I'll do that next week. I'll do that next week. So we create a Cafe Joy as a monthly bite-sized dose of marketing and we feature experts. We have an online component where we give graphic elements and things like that. But, you know, people a lot of times are looking for easy answers and that's not what we're about. We're about helping people understand and make good decisions for their brand because, you know, we can't sit here and say, okay, everybody needs to pick this font. Yeah. You know, everybody needs to charge this amount. So we're just believers in, in helping people do that. And then we have online events and webinars and stuff like that so people can, you know, just check out what we're doing and see what, what can help them. But that's at thejoyofmarketing.com. All right, Tom, talking to Sarah Petty, the Joy of Marketing at joyofmarketing.com. And I appreciate you stopping by, and uh, I'm sure we'll uh, run into each other again. Absolutely. Thanks again for having me, John. Yeah. This was fun. All right. 